I'm Tyrese Maxey, and you're listening to the 76ers Insiders Podcast. This podcast is part of the 76ers Podcast Network, presented by Stern & Cohen Law. Search 76ers Insiders wherever you get your podcasts. Suffering an injury at work can cause physical pain, but also great uncertainty about your rights. You need to retain a workers' compensation law firm that is a winner like our Sixers. A firm that gets some of the best settlements, but is also willing to go toe-to-toe with the insurance company. No settling on the cheap. This is Philly. We have grit and fight in us. Call the workers' compensation law firm of Stern & Cohen or visit their site sterncohenlaw.com. The consultation is free. Stern & Cohen are the official partners of the 76ers. They'll go ring the insurance company's bell. A post-NBA All-Star weekend edition of Sixers in 60. Welcome in. I'm Matt Murphy. Tonight, I'll be joined by former Sixer Nick Stauskas and Sixers team reporter Lauren Rosen. And we'll also hear a lot of Tyrese Maxey's clips and press conferences, a a compilation of those from All-Star Weekend, his first career appearance in the All-Star game. He had been to the weekend before, but as a rising star, now an All-Star Tyrese Maxey. So stick around to hear from Tyrese when we were in Indianapolis. Wide-ranging responses from Maxi, because you get the national reporters there. There's all types of questions. So that coming up, the 76ers Insiders podcast has more interviews with Maxi campaign last week. Be sure to check that out. And right before we came on, Darius Baisley was signed officially by the Sixers to a 10-day contract. So Nick, Lauren, and I will discuss that in the second segment tonight. The tough schedule coming up for these Sixers. Knicks, Cavs, Bucks, Celtics, the next four, the top four in the East. But the Sixers are only a half game back at the break of the New York Knicks for the fourth spot. The Sixers are 32 and 22. New York is 33 and 22. But Lauren Rosen, hello. I know you're sending out a, an alert to potential listeners. Listen, if there's one thing I'm good for, it's a little extra content. So happy as always to be back with you two. And Matt, you had a busy weekend at the all-star game. Did you said, over text how was it i said cold or you said i heard i'm hearing good things and i i, I just responded cold tyrese too cold, maxi's too cold. performance fits photos also cold see what Ooh. i did there yeah okay sorry Ooh. continue tell us more about the game <laughs> it was really it was really cool i'm gonna plug uh my feature article on sixers.com going inside tyrese maxi's 2024 nba all-star weekend really from start to finish to be around him on the Friday was interesting because you may have heard out there that he did a live podcast of Maxi on the mic with Asia Wilson from the Las Vegas Aces. That was his fifth official appearance of Friday. So I followed him from the morning. Then he had five photo stations for the NBA and and various things in between, a ton of sit-down extended interviews. So that's when we were talking, Nick, in the first segment about how much goes into it. When you're on, when you're one of the 24 players chosen for the actual all-star game, that's when your schedule really fills up. It, it's sometimes easier for the young guys who are there for the rising stars or other players who are not in the game but are in the three-point contest to enjoy the experience a little bit more. Not saying Tyrese didn't enjoy it. He was just busier. But I know you've gone to All-Star Weekend before. When you're one of the 12 guys in either conference, your schedule is booked by the minute. Yeah, people need their content, apparently. And, uh, you know, I feel like especially a lot of these old heads, they're probably not trying to do five or six 
podcasts or appearances within an evening. So a perfect opportunity for Tyrese to, you know, show up, appear, get his name out there, uh, show the world his personality. And so people can learn more about him. And, you know, he's young enough where he still has the energy to go out there and perform afterwards. And another young guy is Paolo Bancaro. And and just a a note in passing is that it was about 4 p.m. on Sunday and he was coming into the convention center to do an appearance and the game is uh, the arrival for the game was maybe only an hour or two after that he was coming to meet with fans around 4 p.m and that's not the type of stuff that lebron james is <laughs> lebron did his press conference that most people do on the morning the day before at practice he did that two hours three hours before the game at the arena so that's the type of treatment that someone like lebron james gets we will hear from tyrese maxi within this segment in a few minutes our Producer tonight is Silvana Kelleher, so thanks to Silvana as always. But here on Sixers in 60, Matt Murphy, Nick Stauskas, Lauren Rose. And another event that Maxi did on Friday was in collaboration with the NBA 2K League, and he played against Tyrese Halliburton in 2K, and Maxi won that. It was one of the few things that Halliburton fell short on in his home All-Star weekend. He was he was one of the biggest stars in the spotlight because the home fans love him so much and he was starting, but Maxi beat the other Tyrese in NBA 2K and then I was as I was trailing them through the convention center after Maxi got a a wrestling style belt for winning the 2K event and Halliburton said if you bring that to practice tomorrow I'm going to throw it in the trash and I didn't not, I did not see the belt the next day. At practice, I think it's worth revisiting our picks for the events because the skills challenge was won by Team Pacers and none of us had that. There's some home cooking going on. There's some conspiracy theories that the home team, the trio of home team players for the All-Star Game has won the skills challenge now three years in a row. And Miles Turner had to prove his his biggest doubter, Nick Stauskas, wrong by helping to win the skills challenge. You know what? I was I will admit I was wrong, but... I will say this. I am not a fan of the skills competition. It was confusing. I think it's a snooze fest, unfortunately. They need to modify it. Just like the game in some ways. They need to figure out a way to make it a little bit better. Yes, they need to figure out a way to make it a little bit shorter and a little bit more entertaining. And, you know, just, again, the guy's not really giving full effort. Like, when I see Scotty Barnes dribble the ball (laughs) off his leg and then start throwing it backwards from half court. There was a tweet that said it looks like he's dribbling with high (laughs) heels on when he stumbled out of the gate a little bit. And and Maxi went the wrong way. I don't think they need the dribbling part of it. They should just do other cooler challenges. To be fair, was there not some confusion with, like, the LED lights on the ground? Explain that to us. Maxi did mention that we won't hear that. We'll hear him talking about various other topics, but there it lit up the ground. It was not like a normal playing surface. It was the LED court, and as they moved, it was moving with them a little bit. So I don't know. There was a walkthrough about an hour, an hour and a half before. I don't know if Tyrese was told other information to start by going right or left, and it was the other way when he when he began. But the refs literally stopped him in his tracks and. So that's why they added a, some time on, and they weren't ultimately able to come back against Team Pacers and win. But you could probably find cooler challenges for these super talented guys to showcase their skills than something like a dribbling maze. I think, and a lot of people have said it on social media, I think there needs to be a one-on-one or two-on-two tournament of some sort. Or could that be the actual game? Or that, I, and listen, I think... That's what the fans want to see is just any kind of a competitive environment with the best players in the world. 
And again, I think if if throughout the weekend, maybe guys were giving 100% effort, there wouldn't be a need for that. But I do think a lot of people would love to see, you know, LeBron James versus Kevin Durant one-on-one. You know, Steph Curry versus Damian Lillard one-on-one. I think that would put people in seats, sell tickets, viewership would be up. Uh, I know for me personally, I'd, I'd be glued to my screen watching that. So I would love to see it. The one-on-one idea to me is a good one. And just from having watched this Sixers team specifically, let's bring it back home to Philadelphia and to Camden, New Jersey. This team has gone through, of course, multiple iterations already this season. The training camp group that gathered in Fort Collins, Colorado, did not look like the team that gathered at Thanksgiving, nor Christmas, nor at the deadline, nor following the All-Star break. But throughout, in every iteration, this is a team that really enjoys playing one-on-one against each other. And people don't realize... Um, I know some of the guys have talked about it publicly, so I'm not breaking any news here, but they request to play ones in practice, in shoot around. Like they have a lot of fun competing against one another behind closed doors. And so I would love, love for fans to get to see what that type of situation looks like because these are the best players in the world doing exactly what everybody at home is doing in their driveway. And it's a ton of fun. I'm all for that. And less injury risk, I suppose, playing one-on-one competitively versus five-on-five there's more space right and you're playing in the half court maybe you even make three three dribble limit something along those lines to make that's usually one of the rules yeah so we've unlocked media stauskas now it's time to unlock competition committee right well i mean you can't give steph curry unlimited dribbles you're just not gonna be able to guard him you're messed up for it so Mm -hmm. yeah you gotta limit the dribbles but i think that would be entertaining i think a lot of people would love to see that but at the same time, I do think guys are afraid of that competition. They're afraid of maybe getting shown up on a big stage like that. Because we need the guys who want it. Tyrese Maxey would fit the bill. I well, that's what I'm saying. I think Tyrese needs to be in the three point shootout. He was, yeah. He's, I, I would love to see that. That as was well. that was something something else that was uncovered this weekend after he had done the skills challenge he apparently said i should have done the the shooting when he was watching my pick malik beasley only put up 20 in the first round so i did not get it right you both nailed it with damian lillard who's who repeated as the three-point champion and then later won the mvp award that's the type of competitive player he he talked about his legacy needing to include some of these all-star wins and he's like if i'm gonna start in the all-star game i'm gonna go for the mvp and if i'm gonna be in the three-point contest i might as well try to win it again but it would have been cool to see maxi in the three-point i'm sure he'll get his opportunity at some point you know he's uh he's improved his jump shot throughout his career so far he's taking and making more of them and as he continues to be an all-star his name will be in the spotlight and i'm sure they'll they'll give him that uh that opportunity at one point or another i redeemed myself with my dunk pick though uh mac mcclung also a repeat champion. I had that. Jalen Brown, you both picked Jalen Brown. Listen, we thought that he had something in his bag if he was going to do it. Listen, his first I love, dunk was like he was on a fast break in a game against I, the Sixers. I love JB. That's my guy. Played with him in Boston. Love him. But I'm, there's a conspiracy going on right now. I don't know how he even got to the finals. Like, what was the grading system that the judges were on? Because I was not agreeing with some of the scores that were handed out. Like, for example, the Mac McClung dunk where he tossed it to himself and awesome. like froze in the air. For he dropped fl- it. He dropped it. He said he wanted to extend his arms even further out, but he need, it was his second attempt, so he couldn't risk it. That was one of the coolest dunks I've ever seen. The fact that they didn't give him a 50, is it, it blows my mind. I don't, know, I don't know what they're grading on. I was with you. And listen, what, 
as we just discussed with Damian Lillard, with Steph Curry participating in Saturday night, these are the things you want to see. So you've got to reward Jalen Brown for wanting to participate in the dunk contest. It's been a while since we've seen an all-star do it, a player of his caliber competing at the caliber of a Jalen Brown, a Boston Celtics team that's one of the best in the East and the league on a nightly basis, and he still wants to participate. We got to reward that. That being said, we got we, we needed to see more. I thought that there was going to be more. I thought that I, I it was it was not a great performance on his on his behalf. I think he's a good dunker, but after seeing those the tricks, if that's what you want to call it, that he had it. It did not live up to my well, expectations. Maybe he just didn't know he was supposed to bring out Shaq. He didn't know it was a requirement. <laughs> yeah. Two of the four guys <laughs> did. Hawkes started it, but then McClung's was more impressive to bring the high school jersey, have a Shaq-sized jersey of your high school team. So this was obviously planned for a while, but I wish only one guy you know, had the Shaq element to it. But Mac McClung gets the job done over Jaime Hawkes, Jacob Toppin, Obi's brother, and Jalen Brown. And to bring it back to Tyrese Maxey, we're going to hear some of what he said, Lauren. But I mean, the first thing that that stood out, and this is out on the Sixers social media, and it came out in the first couple days there that he's extremely happy to be out there for the 76ers because they took a chance on him. It was very nice to hear that. And, you know, it goes both ways, that feeling of taking a chance or like, it's not all Sixers taking a chance on Tyrese Maxey. I think he's he's done a lot himself to help the franchise and he was rewarded for it in the All-Star spotlight. Well, I feel like we've we've gone through this narrative now so many times on this show, on our other shows. You hear it from us a lot, but every time there is a benchmark set for Tyrese Maxey, he reaches it and then some. I mean, if you had told think back to the 2020 NBA draft, Tyrese sitting in his home in Garland, Texas with his family, his family, which, by the way, joined him this weekend at the All-Star Game, which was so... They were squad deep. Wonderful to see I that say that circle. the whole time he was walking around, if there was a group of 20 people, there were 15 pairs of New Balances. And listen, <laughs> that's how you support your All-Star, right? But, Matt, I always think about Malika Andrews interviewing Tyrese Maxey remotely after getting picked later than expected in that NBA draft and the emotion that Tyrese showed as he said to the camera, he wanted to thank the Philadelphia 76ers for taking a chance on him. And he promised that it wouldn't be a regret. And then you just look at the four years that have followed outstanding stuff as a rookie, despite having to fight his way into every single minute that he played outstanding stuff as a second year player, stepping in when he was down an all-star teammate, Doing the same thing again a couple years later. Last season, of course, nearing all-star territory, dealing with an injury, becoming one of the best three-point shooters in the league. The list goes on and on and on. And benchmarks are going to continue to be set for him. But the thing is, now people know that he has the work ethic, he has the talent, he has the perseverance to get through every single benchmark. And like Nick Stauskas just told us, he's going to be back at the all-star game. He's going to have an opportunity to participate in the three-point shooting contest. And I will not bet against him when we do this again next year. I think that's a yeah, that's a good a good bet to make here on Sixers in sixty. Matt Murphy, Lauren Rosen, Nick Stauskas. We've got plenty more to talk about, including the Darius Baisley ten day contract signing, which just went official before we started Sixers in sixty tonight. Kyle Lowry debut upcoming on a tough schedule for the Sixers. We'll have some basketball reference trivia with Nick Stauskas as well. But before we get into all of that, this 
chunk of Tyrese Maxey sound bites comes from Saturday afternoon. The East Eastern Conference had the 12 p.m. All-Star practice and open practice in front of some very excited fans. And then Tyrese Maxey took the podium and after what he said was a, a hard practice leading up to the All-Star game the next night. And here's a bunch of what Maxey had to say. Uh, maybe... I don't know what my biggest doubt was. I tried not to have much doubt. Maybe like, I don't know, second or third grade is when I was having doubt. That was a long time ago, though, right? But uh, that I knew I could be an all-star NBA player. I mean, you always dream of it. But I think I, I'll say this. Like in, in sixth grade, I tell this story a little bit. I, I broke my finger in like a championship game, middle school championship game, like the first quarter. And I continued on and played like with one hand and was able to like score like 45 points. I was like, maybe I can be, you know, be really good at this. So I just kept working and preparing, and now we're here. Uh, oof. I mean, I think when we traded for James my second year, and I think I had like four or five consecutive 30, 25-point games, something like that. And I just, like, I felt like I was, I was progressively getting better and better every single day. And then coming into my third year, like I said, I knew my role. I went out there and I was, I had like 48 in the game and I was scoring at a high clip and, you know, shooting pretty well and just we was uh, helping us bring in wins. I was like, man, maybe I could do it, but I got hurt. And then uh, this year coming in, I just, I mean, Joel told me from day one, like, you're going to be an all-star this year. We're going to win a lot of games. We're going to have a lot of fun. So being able to experience all this with my family, you know, my entire family's here from all the way down to my nieces, my twin nieces, all the way up to my grandmother. So for them to be here and support me and it's just been great, man. It's like an emotional time, like. I'm just so happy that my mom, my dad, that they really get to experience this. Um, and then everybody else, they just, they, I love them. I appreciate them. They show me love all the time and support. So they, they deserve it just as much as I do. I'm not going to lie, it's a little different. It's a little weird, you know, just seeing these guys in the locker room. Like when I walked in, uh, you're so used to seeing them on the opposing scouting report to see them in the same locker room as you and about to go out there and play a basketball game with you. And, and like everybody's relaxed, everybody's just talking, everybody's just laughing and having jokes or whatever. So it's been pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's, it's a nice moment. It means the world to me, honestly. Uh, I always talk about how my grandmother, who passed away, she, she growing up, she always wanted me, like as soon as I got to this, this statue or this, this forum, uh, she wanted me to, be able to give back and be somebody who a little kids can look up to. And... You know, they could just have a role model and somebody that can reach out and touch and reach out and, and really, like, resemble. And I feel like I've done that. In the summertime, no, 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 nobody's beat me to the gym in the summertime. I wouldn't allow it. And if somebody does come early, not come earlier. Only story that I have about somebody beating me in the summertime is, is Braun, actually. Uh, we're working out at 6. And, you know, I get there, always get there early, like 5.30, so I can stretch and do everything. So he saw that I was getting there at 5.30. He's like, you know what, I'm going to get there at 5, and I'm going to lift. So I get there at 5.30, he's in a full sweat after done lifted. I'm like, what is wrong with you? And he's like, I can't let you beat me to the gym. This is like year 21 for him. So, you know, that's just a testimony to his greatness. But I will give a shout-out to P. Reed from uh, Philly, Paul Reed. He's somebody, like, during the, even during the season, he's, he's trying to beat me to the gym every single day. And uh, I think it's, it's been great for him. I think it's made him better. And uh, that competition is really good for you know, our team. Anybody who plays with that chip on their shoulder and plays with that aggression, uh, they're going to be successful. And I feel like what it's done for me is it's made me stay humble, keep me working, and uh, keep me going out the goals. Not just my goals, but our team goals as well. So as long as we're doing that, as long as I'm doing that, and uh, keep progressing, keep getting 1% better every single day, I think we'll be all right. Are you talking about you think somebody can get 80 or 90? Yes. Yes. Yes, I do. I think Joel could get 80. And I've been a couple times he set out, you know, four quarters where I think he could have got 70. I think 70 was the, like, 
that was that not easy for him, but he's really good at basketball. So I think if he tries and plays the whole game or plays like 48 minutes, something like that, he'll probably get 80. The best of Sixers All-Star Tyrese Maxey at Media Day on Saturday in Indianapolis. Matt Murphy and Lauren Rosen joined by Nick Stauskas. Nick Stauskas, do you think someone like Joel Embiid could get 80 or 90 soon in the NBA? Yes, and I said this after he scored the 70. I said, all things considered, I don't think he played his best game. And what I mean by that, especially in that first half, I think he had 34, 36 in the first half of that game. And I counted at least four or five makeable pull-up jumpers within 15 feet that he normally makes, and he missed them. And even throughout the game, it wasn't like he was just on fire and couldn't miss. Like, he had his stretches where he was scoring, but there was a lot of makeable shots that just didn't go in for him. And so my thing is, is if he has a game where he just goes like 30 for 40 from the field, I think that's, I think that's the game, but he can do it. He can do it. He just needs to get hot, but like he could get that free throw line jumper whenever he wants. And so that's, that's what gives him the capability of, of getting to that level, which is also crazy because he really doesn't need the three to do it. He doesn't need three pointers. He just needs, to make 30 pull up 15 footers, which I mean, he's shot more efficiently than 24 for 41 many, mm-hmm. many times. But the thing so with the 30 70 for 40 is, is should be easy. He did still end up getting some of the points in the 70 point game off his own misses. So he would get two points back that he would have gotten. So his field goal percentage would have been better, but the points total may not have been that much higher. I, I believe that it's possible as well. That was one of the questions that was asked to everybody, kind of, to paint the picture. They were all at different podiums in the same room. Tyrese Maxey facing his former coach, Doc Rivers, who was on the opposite podium at the same exact time, and then like five or six other ones. But there were, it was madness. People were walking up to Tyrese screaming out, who's the best trash talker in the NBA? Who Do you think somebody could score 80 or 90? And Tyrese at first misinterpreted it as 80 or 90 point games between two teams. He's like, yeah, maybe in the playoffs, teams locked down and the games played in the 80s or 90s. And everyone was like, what, what is he saying? And then he's like, oh, that's why he started by saying, oh, you meant a player getting 80 or 90. And he answered with Joel and his patented line of Joel Embiid is really good at basketball or very good at basketball. One and the same. Um, but yeah, here on Sixers in 60, reflecting on Tyrese Maxey's first All-Star game appearance in Indianapolis, along with Lauren Rosen and Nick Stauskas. I'm Matt Murphy. We did want to mention... The Sabrina Ionescu Stephen Curry three point contest, which for many was the highlight of the entire weekend. I'm sure that Maxi was a fan of that contest as well. Sabrina came out, didn't miss her first few, and then Steph Curry, always the showman, makes his last shot to win. But they both shot from the NBA line, and Sabrina really, really held her own. It was just cool to see. Um, and obviously, as the woman on the panel tonight like it might have meant a little bit more to me but it it really did it was awesome to watch it was awesome to hear Sabrina decide that she wanted to beat Steph at his game shoot from his line to see her almost do it to see how seriously Steph took it as well like Steph needed to shoot really well in order to beat her and that's the greatest shooter sort of universally accepted greatest shooter of all time needed to have a really good shooting night in order to beat Another one of the greatest shooters of all time. It was really special to watch. I can't help but 
be a little sentimental about the kids that were watching at home. And we've talked about this quite a bit, especially when it when it comes to Tyrese Maxey, someone who whose father, Tyrone, famously showed uh, Tyrese some Candace Parker highlights growing up because Tyrese's father coached him growing up and, and would show him film and they would watch a lot of Tyrese talks about it, Dwayne Wade tape and Kyrie Irving tape, but they would also watch Candace Parker tape. And the fact that there is a generation of NBA all-stars now that also grew up watching women play the game is so cool. It's changing. So I'll hop off my soapbox, but I know that, that what we saw from Steph and Sabrina meant a lot to a lot of kids out there that don't know why it means so much quite yet, obviously. But, but for people like me to be able to watch that was just special. And, and I loved the mutual respect that the two of them, Steph and Sabrina, share for each other. No, as she put it, if you can shoot, you can shoot. I absolutely loved that. And maybe this leads to something more. I mean, Caitlin Clark is about to emerge onto the scene. And for years now, it's been get a G League player in the three-point contest to represent that league and have a WNBA player represent this and put them in the dunk. We've seen them in the dunk contest from the G League and kind of making it, normalizing it a little bit. And this was maybe the first step towards that with Sabrina as a trailblazer. Yeah, I, I tip my hat to her also because there was that's not an easy environment to go out and just get 26 points. It was a football stadium, too. Uh, it was All-Star Saturday night. And the court house. is lighting up the for the court, first time. It, that is a tough environment. And for her to have to go first, if she, listen, like if she went out there and scored 10, there would be a lot of slander out there on social media. Oh, you know, she doesn't belong. Why would they bring her here? For her to go out there and tie the score the highest score of the actual three-point shootout 26 was what Damian Lillard won with that is unbelievable I I really really tip my hat to her because it was one of those things where you just have to respect it like you said if you could shoot you can shoot and it doesn't matter whether you're a, a man a woman if you have that talent you have that talent and she made Steph work for it and also Hats off to Steph for going in there and also just casually beating everyone's score for the entire day. Like, yeah, if I was in the three-point shoot, I would have won it. That's pretty much what he said. But overall, that was definitely, for me, the highlight of the night. I really thought it was a special moment for basketball in general. I do want to shout out Steph one more time, too, because when you think about it, who had more to gain in that 1v1? Oh, 100%. I mean, Sabrina was the one that had everything to gain. And Steph loses that contest and people were people would have slandered him, right? And and this is someone again universally accepted as the greatest shooter of all time. And he said, you know what? No, this is a competition that I want to be part of. I know I could lose. He knows how good she is. He went into that building knowing that he could lose, and he did it anyway. So bigger shouts, of course, to Sabrina for what she was able to do. But but Steph Curry deserves a lot of credit for for what he did that Amazing night. Amazing that they both delivered to the extent that yes. they were able to. Because when in the One age of take, saying, too, in the live. age of things saying things are scripted. The season's scripted. The team's wins and losses are scripted. They still had to shoot the shots, and they made mostly all of them. That is not a easy environment to make shots. Uh, you know, it is just, I really tip my hat to both of them uh, for the performance they put on. As a shooter, I think I would be a little bit nervous in that scenario. And, you know, Sabrina going out there and making, it was like nine out of her first 10 casually. I'm like, oh man, she might clear this she whole thing. Like she, came to, she came ready to go. So I, I believe we have this cut of Tyrese Maxey. Silvana says we have it. Lauren, you mentioned Dwayne Wade, one of Maxey's idols. And for 
Maxi as a first-time All-Star, he found himself found himself in the shoes of the person on the other side of this that the fans get to meet this weekend in Indianapolis. So the All-Star came, the All-Star game came to Dallas. I don't remember what year that was, but it was 10 and it was snowing. And it was snowing, just like it is now. Yes, yes, it was snowing. So it's like, wow, like it comes full circle for me because I got to go to some like the band events and I had one of those today. And I was walking through it and I was like, man, and I was talking to Charlie Side as much as I could. It was like, this was me. And I was one of those kids. Yeah, I had a uh, East All Star Dwayne Wade jersey on walking through there. So in the Dallas All Star game in 2010, Dwayne Wade went on to win MVP. That was a, a football stadium for the game, so over uh, like 110,000 people or something, a record amount of fans went to that game, and Maxie was there as a fan to see someone like Dwayne Wade, and he actually then added that he got to speak to Dwayne Wade this weekend and tell him that story of wearing his jersey, which was just a, an added bonus for Maxie, I'm sure, but... In our last couple minutes here, I, I did want to try to sneak in trivia with Nick Stauskas, if we can, Matt Murphy and Lauren Rosen here as well. The Darius Baisley signing now official to a 10-day contract, tearing it up with the Blue Coats. 20. Well deserved. Let's yes, well deserved. Oh, a radio round of applause. We've broadcast with D Linum. Nick Stauskas and I have broadcast some Blue Coats games with D, featuring Darius Baisley as the main guy in the Ricky Council Sixers era Turquavion Smith up with the Sixers a lot and Lofton not with the blue coats either Kenny Lofton so it's been Baisley and and to a another extent Jeff Doughton Jr but they've been dominating now he gets a 10-day contract what's that like you signed multiple in your career and I know one never even fully came to fruition with Toronto right the Toronto one was both of my 10 days were during the COVID era uh Toronto ended up not working out because I tested positive for COVID upon arrival uh but it can be a little nerve-wracking, you know, stepping into somewhat of an audition where you only have 10 days to, you know, do all this work and show what you can do. But for Baisley, uh, I think he's, you know, the main skill that can translate is his effort, his rebounding, and his shot blocking. Those are the things that have really stood out to me, uh, you know, watching him play in Delaware. And those are things that he can do to immediately make a difference when he steps onto the court with the 76ers. So I'm... He- very excited for him. He was actually in, in Indy as well for the G League Up Next game, which is their all-star game. The Blue Coats have some home games coming up, so get to Chase Fieldhouse. They're 12-6, first place in the Eastern Conference during the G League regular season as they go for a title defense. But, Lauren, what do you think? We get a couple trivia questions in for, for Nick here at the buzzer. Let's see what we've got. Who has the most all-star selections? Do you need the multiple choice? For this one, Nick? I, I'm going to go with LeBron James. Yep, 20 times. Who has the most career all-star game threes? Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, James Harden, or LeBron James? Uh, S- Steph Curry. Correct. Two for two in the final one. Who had the most points in an all-star game? Jason Tatum. Didn't even year. need the multiple choice again. Cat got 50 this year. Tatum, 55 last year and Nick Stauskas just went three for three on the basketball reference trivia. Well done. Listen, I might have even round of, all this, radio yes, round of applause. It was kind of an easy batch. We'll see what we get next Tuesday. Lauren Rosen, thank you. Nick Stauskas, thank you. Oh, Thanks, thank, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Matt. Pleasure. It's always a pleasure. Thanks to our producer, Silvana Kelleher. And for Lauren Rosen and Nick Stauskas, I'm Matt Murphy. Thanks for listening.